Welcome back to the 1 o'clock upload of Inside Four Walls. We will be talking again today about news revolving around the vaccine and development since our last conversation about it. Without any further ado, because it's not much to do, we got one, two, three, four, and five articles to get into today. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for coming back, and, uh, let's get into it. Going to our first article from Timcast. Just in, scientists find smoking gun linking AstraZeneca COVID vaccine with deadly blood clots. Now, this is something we've been covering on this show, and those of you who've been, you know, following along with me. Over the last four months, we've seen the conversation around pericarditis and, and uh, micro mono, or uh, minor myocarditis. My bad myocarditis the tongue twister when you try to say the whole thing my apologies and the narrative's gone from it's not a real thing to it's not related to oh no it's from smoking too much weed suddenly it's been a real back and forth right everyone in the main mainstream media was saying there is no link don't worry about it but, as we covered, people like Dr. Jonathan Campbell, who you can also find on YouTube, was a former CNN uh, medical correspondent. A lot of the issues we were having is people were given this vaccine intravenously, when it needed to be given intermuscularly. I mean, that was one thing that led to the blood clots, because people would put the needle in, but they wouldn't peripherate it by pulling it back and seeing if it bled, because if they pulled it back and it bled, they'd have to throw that syringe away and get a new one and try again and they need to miss a vein. Because when you put it in the blood, it congeals. Not to mention, this isn't really a... This is exclusively a vaccine. It's not an immunization. None of them are. But, let's get into this article. Published December 2nd, 2021 by J. Lee Hamand. Researchers at the University of Cardiff in the United Kingdom published a new report this week linking AstraZeneca COVID vaccine with dangerous blood clots. Quote, intriguingly, the reaction is not caused by the coronavirus particles contained in the vaccine, but the system used to deliver it inside the body, writes the Telegraph. The AstraZeneca vaccine encapsulates the coronavirus genetic material inside the weakened version of the common cold virus known as the Aden virus, which infects chimpanzees. Mmm. Monkey. The new hybrid protein confuses the immune system, which releases new antibodies, which themselves stick to the proteins, triggering the formation of dangerous blood clots the congealing process I mentioned. Adds the British newspaper, quote, The process happens only rarely, explaining why few people are affected by the condition. Quote, We've been able to prove the link between the key smoking gun, <clears throat> sorry, the key smoking guns of, of Aden viruses and platelets factor four, and platelet factor four. What we have is the trigger, but there's a lot of steps that have to happen next, said one of the scientists behind the study. Quote, Although the research is not definitive, it offers interesting insight, and AstraZeneca is exploring ways to leverage these findings as part of our efforts to remove this extremely rare side effect. A spokesperson for the injection uh, manufacturer said. And with that, this brings us to the end of this article. Again, all articles will be linked in the description of this podcast. We now move on to the next one.
we now go to the article they cited in the article I just read. Scientists discover smoking gun link between AstraZeneca vaccine and lethal blood clots. Article by Sarah Napton. Published just 14 hours ago. The biological process that leads to lethal blood clots in some people after the AstraZeneca jab has been found, researchers believe. Science Scientists at Cardiff University discovered that a protein in the blood likes to bind to part of the vaccine, <clears throat> which can lead to dangerous clotting. Intriguingly, the reaction is not caused by the coronavirus particles contained in the vaccine, but the system used to deliver it inside the body. The AstraZeneca vaccine encapsulates coronavirus genetic material inside a weakened version of the common cold virus, known as an adenovirus. Adenovirus. I am stupid. I'm so sorry. Adenovirus. I am. God, I am fucking dumb. Which infects chimpanzees. I word well. The new study shows that adenoviruses attracts, sorry, the new study shows that that adenovirus attracts a protein called platelet factor 4 to it like a magnet. This new hybrid protein virus confuses the immune system which creates new antibodies which, themse- which they themselves stick to the proteins, triggering a formation of dangerous blood clots. This process happens only rarely, explaining why few people are affected by the condition. The clots have been linked to 73 deaths out of 50 million doses of AstraZeneca in the UK. I want you guys to keep this part in mind. Okay. Keep in mind that you just said has been linked to 53 deaths out of 50 million doses. Because I'm going to bring up a thing that just happened with the Freedom of Information Request Act here in a minute. Keep that. Keep that in mind. Alright, take a little note. Write down. Write down the clots have been linked to 73 deaths out of 50 million doses of AstraZeneca in the UK. Okay, in just, just in the UK. Alright, let's just go with that. But keep in mind when I get to the Freedom of Information Act article. Alrighty, let's go. Cardiff University received government funding to discover... What was causing the clotting? Researchers soon realized that people suffering clots had extra antibodies that were attacking platelet factor 4. The triggering and smoking gun itself. Professor Alan Parker, one of the researchers at Cardiff University, told BBC News, quote, The adenovirus (sighs) has an extremely negative surface. The platelet factor 4 is extremely positive. And the two things fit together quite well, end quote. He added, quote, We've been able to prove the link between the key smoking guns of the adenoviruses and the platelet factor 4. What we have is the trigger, but there's a lot of steps that have to happen next, end quote. The AstraZeneca vaccine is believed to have saved more than a million lives around the world and prevent 50 million cases of COVID-19. Keep that in mind. Quote, Although the research is not definitive, it offers interesting insight into AstraZeneca. And AstraZeneca is exploring ways to leverage these findings as part of our efforts to remove this extremely rare side effects, a spokeswoman said for the vaccine manufacturer. The researchers have so far only shown the binding effect in lab experiments, but say, quote, provides a mechanism end quote, by which clotting could occur. They are hoping to find they are hoping that their findings could be used to design vaccines that do not trigger this reaction and if so will be safer. Currently the AstraZeneca jab is not offered to people under 40 because it because of the risk of blood clots are through are thought to outweigh the benefits of the vaccine itself. The research was published in the Journal of Science Advances. 
And that is the end of this article again. This is MSN. Scientists discover smoking gun link between AstraZeneca vaccine and lethal blood clots. And this is by Sarah Napton. We now move on to the next article. But since we're talking about that new spooky variant, Omicron, that is some shit right out of a sci-fi novel, right? Or isn't there some series out there with aliens called the Omicrons or whatever the fuck? If not, definitely, there's something like that out there already. Maybe one of you dorks can tell me in the comments. But, but... For this next article, we return to TimCast once more. With the spread of this virus, I guarantee you, right, that they've thrown a couple... When I say they, I have a tinfoil hat on right now. They throw these new variants out. Mu. Delta. You know, all these other ones. And they're just like, what sticks? What sticks? Omicron hit started talking about that one a little bit more so now they're talking about omicron and, and, and there's talks about lockdowns potentially over it you know this nation is somewhere around 87 percent vaccinated roughly 87 percent of the population of this country is vaccinated they said they only needed 75 percent of this country to be vaccinated for herd immunity they have pushed that further and further and further now they've actively talked about getting a hundred percent of Americans vaccinated, and for the last about eight months, we've talked about it briefly. We talked about it months ago when it first became a, a topic of conversation: a vaccine database. That's right, a database that would put together a list of all the Americans who have gotten vaccinated, fully vaccinated, boosters and everything, and people who have not. It would keep track of how many shots you had, when you got them, when you need to get new ones, so on and so forth. And it'd be a government list. A list for people who have and have not received a medical procedure that the government should not in any way be forcing. And it's been held up multiple times. The Supreme Court says it needs to go through Senate. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let's get into this article. This is just the the, the peak of the direction we are going to be heading back in, all right? Airports. Even though airports, if you traveled in 2020, you know airports were shitty. How bad? I took Greyhounds everywhere I fucking went if I had to leave anywhere. Now... Greyhounds are really cheap, by the way. And they're quite fun. You can make a lot of really good friends. Went to, uh... Went, sh- went to, uh, Rockford, Illinois on a Greyhound. Really cheap, too. It was only, like, uh, 10, 15 bucks, maybe. But anyway. Over the last, uh, maybe... A year, roughly. Airports have kind of lightened some of their, their COVID restrictions. But... What are the airports lighten some of their restrictions, but the government agencies and officers there step up their restrictions and policies? We go now to TimCast. TSA extends mask mandate for domestic flights over Omicron COVID variant. Published December 2nd by Cassandra Fairbanks. Either formerly or also currently of the Gateway Pundit. But let's get into the article. The Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, and the Biden administration are extending the mask requirement for passengers on domestic flights, public transportation, ships, taxis, and trains through mid-March, citing new Omicron coronavirus variant. President Joe Biden is expected to formally announce the extension on Thursday. According to... To the White House fact sheet, Biden and the TSA will be extending the mask mandate through March 18th. In August, the TSA 
had extended the mask mandate through January 2022, those who do not comply will face a minimum fine of $500. And repeat offenders receiving fines upwards of $3,000. According to a report from CNBC, and by the way, that's not the airport, that's literally the government officers there, the TSA. A government body paid for, funded by tax dollars. Agents with a badge paid for by tax dollars. In uniforms, tax funded with receipts and technology that all the shit they use, all tax funded. And they're going to give you a ticket for $500 or $3,000 for not wearing a fucking mask. Oh, I'm proud to be an American. Or at least I know I'm free. (coughs) Don't turn me in, guys, please. According to a report from CNBC, or CNPC, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, the people that make you have to register a drone if it goes over 100 feet in the air, those assholes, said on on Tuesday... That since January 1st, it had received reports from airlines that 3,923 passengers refusing to wear masks. Ooh, I love to hear it. That's what we need. If more people in larger numbers stood up and said, Fuck you, in unison, loud enough to shake the fucking walls of the cathedral we could actually make some momentum in getting a lot of these freedoms back. A freedom, a small freedom you sacrifice today is a freedom your children will never know existed in the first place. And they are just chipping away at things. You know, it's the it's the waves splashing against the cliffside, eroding it. The caves crumbling in. And, and as, as that, little, that little bit of, of land, a little safe haven crumbles away. Eventually, it'll be nothing but washed away. It'll just be ocean, just destructive force, with no resilience to fight it back. But if we start, like, standing up, more employees, right? Employees in mass show up to work and say, we're not getting vaccinated, and if you want to vaccinate people, we quit, including people who are vaccinated. People who are vaccinated also said, we'll quit quit in support or solidarity with our coworkers who are not vaccinated. Who cannot or will not get take the vaccine because you're trying to force it upon them be it because they don't want it in the first place or they medically cannot have it these workplaces would fucking buckle a lot of workplaces already have buckled around the country we've covered articles before about how there's been leaked communications from high ceos and, and all sorts of big companies sending emails out to like local business owners and franchisees saying just ignore the mandate So, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, I used to have a lot more faith in the Constitution before COVID happened. But I saw how quickly Americans were willing to give up freedom with very little to no resistance that I severely started to question the ability for my fellow countrymen to actually stand the fuck up and defend their rights and liberties. And for the longest time, I was kind of blackpilled on that. But seeing these worker strikes, these lawsuits being filed, people putting pressure on all sorts of government institutes, people occupying uh, public spaces and protesting demonstrations against vaccine mandates and lockdowns and restrictions is a huge, huge, well-needed white pill at this time. And the fact that the courts are starting to voice support for just federally blocking all this shit potentially again this is all just like a little hearsay here and there but the hums and the echoes are out and about right it's just a, a little bit of extra hope when we need it most and look at that it had received reports from a from airlines of 3,923 passengers refusing to wear masks. 
And then you got people chanting, let's go, Brandon. It, it, it's all a pushback against the establishment. And that's the shit that we need right now. There's a great momentum in the air right now. Some, some sort of energy that hasn't been around in a long time has, has sort of resurfaced. We have there's, there's memes at play again. And like it or not, at the end of, of at the end, after, day after New Year's, January 1st, 2022, we are officially in midterm season. We are ent- entering the political game once more. Things are going to escalate. Things are going to get hot. And I guarantee you, if we don't do something now, they are going to use Omicron to lock us down again going into an election and try to get mail-in ballot put back into place before more states go back and do voter reform bills. Or voter restrictions. If you're of a certain voting jackass breed. My apologies, I tend to get a little bit passionate about certain things like freedom. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but you know what I am? I'm a freedom. I'm a freedom guy. I know freedom. I like freedom. The same way the new CEO of Twitter knows what it takes and he lives and breathes and shits Twitter, I live and breathe and shit freedom. So when that comes to being infringed upon, that's where I have a certain level of uh, ability to step up and talk a whole lot of lot of shit a whole lot of good freedom and it's just that that's just just in the air right now biden does a press event people turn out and they boo him they bring megaphones right and they boo him people are protesting left and right on both sides of the party be it for causes i support or don't support people are out there protesting and yelling and demonstrating against all sorts of things mandates roe v wade again and that's something i I gotta do some more research i will be talking about that eventually but i gotta make sure i fully understand i think you guys understand on that but i I don't have it quite yet just want to make sure but the fact that there's people out there being rebellious which was something that i was like so in in 2020 right just here in michigan people went outside the the capital of michigan in lansing and protested against lockdowns that was a huge thing. Media across the country covered it. And it was like the worst thing that could have fucking happened. People panicked. But then nothing happened. Like, at all. Right? People panicked. There was an investigation. And then it happened a couple other places. And it was like big national news whenever it happened. And now, it's happening on both sides of the spectrum. Back then, people were shocked and horrored by it. Even a lot of people on the right, because at the time, we didn't really know much about this. They were horrified to see people on their side going out and protesting. They thought, they were like, oh no, they're making us look crazy. I've never been a lockdowner, and I've never been a mask wearer. I immediately got sarcastic when you even having to wear a mask. But, but, anyway, let's get back into the article. Quote, under the new rules, international travel travelers coming into the U.S. will need to present a negative COVID-19 test within one day of the flight regardless of vaccination status or nationality. You were told if you got vaccinated, your life would go back to normal. Now you need to be vaccinated. And again, this isn't the airport doing this. It's a government agency. It's the government doing this. So effectively speaking, the government has already added Despite you being fully vaccinated, you still need to present a negative test. There are people out there who will tell you that this vaccine prevents you from getting COVID. Twitter will ban you for saying that you will get COVID from this fucking vaccine. I wonder how long it will take for the general public to start realizing something is not right and the system has already effectively admitted without coming out and outright saying it this vaccine is not effective that's why you need boosters that's why they say they're trying to get them to be mandated every six months if not just once or twice a year well every six months would be twice a year so but moving on uh 
present a negative COVID-19 test within one day of the flight regardless of vaccine vaccination status nationality rather than a current policy of three days, the Hill reports. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, had announced on Tuesday that they were working to impose stricter guidelines over the Omicron variant. Currently, almost all foreign nationals are required to be vaccinated if they want to enter the United States. Unvaccinated travelers must present negative COVID-19 tests within 24 hours of arrival. On Sunday, the TSA screened more than 2.4 million people. Most travelers in, in a single day, sorry, the most travelers in a single day since the start of the pandemic. For almost 10 days, including November 28th, checkpoint volume nationwide notched to 20.9 million, which is 89% of pre-pandemic levels. TSA spokesperson Lisa Farbstein told Fox News, well, yeah, last year, a lot of these people didn't go and see family for the holidays. They stayed home. They stayed locked down. Now, me, I'm proud to report that me and pretty much most, well, most of my family broke the rules. We got together with at least eight or nine, nine of us. And we all had a good holiday last year. Christmas, Thanksgiving, you name it, we had a good time. There's plenty of, uh... Uh, 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 of drink sharing too so ooh germ spreading most of you don't even care at that point you're like yeah yeah, yeah whatever we, we, we all had a holiday dude but moving on the first case of the Omicron the first case of Omicron was confirmed in the United States on Wednesday in a fully vaccinated California resident they had returned to the United States from South Africa on November 22nd and tested positive a week later. And that brings us to the end of this article. And we only, we only have two left. Now, remember what I was saying about keeping those numbers about the heart inflation from earlier in mind? Let's get into that. We now go to Reuters for our next article. Wait, what? FDA wants 55 years to process FOIA request over vaccine data by Gina Green. A four-minute read. Well, let's see how my dyslexic ass does. And by the way, this isn't a new thing. This is a story that's just now getting reported on. And I just found an article from November 18th. 2021. This is just not being reported on in mainstream media. But this happened a while ago, and I'm just not finding out about it. From Reuters. Freedom of Information Act requests are rarely speedy, but when a group of scientists asked the federal government to share the data it relied upon to license COVID, to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, the response went beyond the typical bureaucratic foot-dragging. Yeah, you heard that. The government doesn't want to tell, doesn't want to hand over to doctors and scientists the information that led to them okaying the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I've said what my conspiracy theory is before. I believe that there is some sort of deal made with these companies that the government would get so many people vaccinated and it's like like the first dose is free kind of thing and then they can start charging you for it and then it just got so out of hand from there well let's get back to the article as in 55 years beyond alright well uh, here the response went beyond typical bureaucratic foot dragging, as in 55 years beyond. That's how long the Food and Drug Administration in court papers this week proposed it should be given to review and release the trove of vaccine-related documents responsive to the request. If a federal judge in Texas agrees, plaintiffs, public health, and medical professionals for transparency can expect to see the full record 
in 2076. The 1967 FOIA law requires federal agencies to respond to information requests within 20 business days. However, the time it takes actually gets to actually get the documents, quote, will vary depending on the complexity of the request and any backlog of requests already pending at the agency, end quote, according to the Government Center, Central FOIA website. Justice Department lawyers representing the FDA note in court papers that the plaintiffs are seeking a huge amount of vaccine-related material, about 329,000 pages. The plaintiffs, a group of more than 30 professors and scientists from universities including Yale, Harvard, UCLA, and Brown, filed suit in September in the U.S. District Court for Northern District of Texas, seeking expedited access to the records. They say that releasing information could help reassure vaccine skeptics that the shot is indeed safe and effective, thus increase confidence in the Pfizer vaccine, and the government responded with the reassuring, nah, 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 don't want to do that, no, trust the vaccine, but, uh, we don't want to give these documents over, maybe we will, just not anytime soon, like anytime soon, you'll see it in your lifetime, though, late in your lifetime. I'd be damn near 75 by that point. 50, God, 55, just like 50 years from now, I'll be 75. I get to become 25 two more times. Ah, moving on. That's an existential crisis bubbling up. But the FDA can't simply turn over documents over wholesale. The records must be reviewed to redact confidential business and trade secret inf- trade secret information of Pfizer and BioNTech and personal privacy information of patients who participated in clinical trials, wrote DOJ lawyers in a joint status report filed Monday. The FDA proposes releasing fi- the fi- releasing 500 pages a month on a rolling basis, meaning every week. Oh, sorry, 500 pages a month, every month. Noting that the branch, noting that the branch that would handle the review has only 10 employees and is currently processing about 400 other FOIA requests. I like that they're limited to how many government people can be in it. That's nice. Quote, by processing and making interim responses based on 500 page increments, the FDA will be able to provide more pages to more requesters, thus avoid a system where a few large monopolized finite processing resources and where few requesters' requests are being fulfilled, the DOJ lawyer wrote. Pointing to other court decisions where 500-page per month schedule was upheld, civilian division trial lawyer Courtney Enloe referred my request for further comment to the DOJ Public Affairs Office, which did not respond. Plaintiff lawyers argue that their request should be top priority and the FDA should release all material no later than March 3rd, 2022. Quote, This 108-day period is the same amount of time it took the FDA to review the responsive documents for the far more intricate task of licensing Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, wrote Aaron Siri of Siri and Gilmstead in New York, and John Howie of Howie Law in Dallas Court Papers. Quote, the entire purpose of the FOIA is to assure government transparency, they continued, quote, It is difficult to imagine a greater need for transparency than the immediate disclosure of documents relied upon for the FDA to license a product that is now mandated 
for over a hundred million Americans under penalty of losing their careers, their income, their military service status, and far worse. End quote. They also argued that Title 21, subchapter F of the FDA's own regulation stipulates that the agency, quote, is to make immediate availability of all documents underlying uh, leisure or, uh, oh, licensure of vaccine. I'm just not familiar with that word. End quote. Giving the intense public interest in the vaccine, the plaintiff's lawyers say that the FDA, quote, should be preparing to release the data sim- simultaneously with the licensure instead. It has been the opposite. Siri declined comment. To meet the plaintiff's proposed FOIA deadline, the FDA would have to process a dotting 8,000 pages per month. But the plaintiffs note that the FDA has 18,000 employees and the budget of $6 billion, and quote, has itself said that there is nothing more important than the licensure of this vaccine and being transparent about this vaccine, end quote. To be sure, most people, including many who are sanctimoniously proclaiming, quote, I do my own research, lack the expertise to evaluate the information. Yeah, well, talk to your doctor. If you don't trust what your doctor said, get a second opinion. Or, on top of all of that, get a second opinion, do your own research. Either way, don't just go with what the media tells you to do, regardless of what they say and how they say it. Thank you. And I count as media, by the way. Yeah, that means do your own fucking research. But the plaintiffs, who also include overseas professors from the UK, Germany, Denmark, Australia, and Canada, appear to be well-poised to do so. As Siri and Howie argued, sorry, Siri and Hugh argue, quote, reviewing this information will settle the ongoing public debate regarding the adequacy of the FDA's review process. End quote. The U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman has set scheduling conference for December 14th. We will do an update, by the way. In Fort Worth to consider the timeline for processing the documents. Opinions expressed here are those of the author. Reuters News, under the trust principles, is committed to integrity, independence, and freedom from bias. And that is the end of this article. And now we move on to the last one for today's upload. Now, as I said, we are going into a midterm year. That means we 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 could we could red wave, right? Everybody's talking about the red wave. An article came out from from the New York Times. I'm not paying to read it. Where the headline was, Democrats shouldn't be afraid of the midterms. They should drop in shock of it. Or whatever the fuck. Go something along those lines. And it's true. Democrats are at an all-time low. Kamala Harris's approval uh, sorry, approval rating is in the absolute gutter. Joe Biden has the second, I believe second, lowest approval rating of any president in American history. He's just a few points before becoming the lowest approval. But he's already got a record for the fastest rate of disapproval increase over time. Like, in the shortest amount of time, he's garnered the most distrust of the citizenry. Crazy. Wildly unpopular president, to the point where people chant, Fuck Joe Biden and let's go Brandon at stadiums all across this country. For the most part, Joe Biden has already lost uh, the independent vote. He's fighting to keep the black and the other minority votes, but that is just not working out for him very well. So, red waves abound, right? FDA is, is, is trying to fight off releasing important information so people know why these certain drugs were approved while other ones weren't. 
a vaccine that they're pushing on people, right? The government is pushing this vaccine on you, but at the same time, they're refusing and trying to make it as hard as possible to hand over any information about it to anyone. Now, on top of all that, we have had so much spin, so many threats, and now there's a looming possibility that they could lock down the country again going into a new election season in the midterms, right? The TSA is extending masks and 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 vaccine mandates across the airport talking about finding people but surely a red wave will save us right these democrats are evil they've gone insane i tell you they're fucking mad surely the republicans will save us right we go to breitbart for our last article from breitbart exclusive tool to enforce orwellian rules 80 House Republicans helped pass bill to fund federal vaccination database. Did you really think for a minute the Republicans were going to save you? For two fucking seconds, did you maybe humor the idea that the Republicans were going to swoop in and save the day? Youngkin, that shock winner in Virginia has already voiced approval for vaccine mandates. Sorry, he cared about schools, not medical needs. Let's get into this article. 80 House Republicans voted with Democrats on Tuesday to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act, IIMA, which, if passed by Senate, and signed into law would fund a federal vaccination database. According to the bill, also called H.R. 550 or 550, the government would provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund immunization system data modernization and expansion, meaning this program would grow and develop over time to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And on your tax dime, Meaning it will just grow and grow more and more, taking more and more of your money with it, raising the cost of living, lowering the value of pay, depleting the value of the dollar, and driving inflation through the fucking roof. Oh, I hear serpdoms. Lovely. The government would provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund the immunization, data modernization, and expansion, a system otherwise defined as, quote, a confidential population-based computerized database that recognizes immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within a geographic area covered by that database. End quote. The text is specifically outlines an expansion of the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and the Health and the Public Health Department capabilities and, and ability for the state and local health departments, as well as public and private healthcare providers, to share health data with the federal government. Meaning, your doctor no longer has to keep things confident between you. In a statement. The bill's main sponsor, Democrat Rep. Ann Cooster of New Hampshire, said the system would be used to remind patients when they are due for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates, quote, to ensure equitable distribution of vaccines. Oh, boy. Notably, the bill has four Republican co-sponsor primary these fuckers. Rep. Larry Bushin, a Republican from Indiana. James Baird, a Republican from Indiana. David McKinley, a Republican from West Virginia. And Brian Fitzpatrick, a Republican from Philadelphia. Not one Democrat voted in opposition to the bill. 
Rep. Mary Miller, a Republican from Illinois, who was one of 130 Republicans to vote no, told Breitbart News exclusively on Wednesday that the legislator would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans who will be targeted and forced to comply with Biden's crazy global vaccination vision. These systems are designed to allow for the sharing of crucial information and maintenance of records. Do we really trust the government to protect our medical records, Miller said. Quote, the bill's author even bragged in her press release that these systems will help the government remind patients when they are due for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution of vaccines. This was clearly a legislative tool to enforce vaccine mandates and force their Orwellian rules on to those who do not comply. Rep. Byron Donald, a Republican from Florida, also voted no on the bill, citing, quote, Democrats' habitual pattern of reckless and wasteful spending. That's your only issue. In this exclusive statement to Breitbart News, the congressman said the legislation only serves to expand the power of the federal government and trample individual rights, quote, this legislation would unnecessarily appropriate millions of taxpayer funds intended to expand bureaucracy in Washington, a database solely created to record and collect confidential vaccination information in Americans ex- of Americans explicitly encroaches upon individuals' fundamental right to medical privacy, Donald said, quote, as a fiscal Conservative, I cannot in good faith support a legislation that contributes to the Democrats' habitual pattern of reckless and wasteful spending and the <clears throat> and the intrusive heavy-handed heavy hand of government. Uh, Miller noted that the legislation paves the way for the government to give blue states millions in taxpayer funds to enforce vaccine mandates, according to the bill's text. The government could award grants and cooperative agreements to health departments or other local gubernatorial entities for agreeing to adopt new data collection guidelines set by the CDC. Buying out and owning your local health officials. One government office and signature at a time. All agencies hoping to receive a grant must agree to comply with security standards to protect personal health information. The government may also develop public-private partnerships. Oh, fucking Christ. To help with technical assurances and assistances, training, and related implementation support. Quote, when Breitbart News asked Miller if public and private partnerships could potentially obscure data collection activities from health, She said that the government cannot be trusted to be transparent. No shit. Sherlock, please give Captain Obvious the award for statement of the goddamn deedly fucking decade. The government has become so large you cannot expect them to keep anything private anymore. There is hardly any congressional oversight into studies these agencies conduct. She added absolutely nail on the fucking head. The government has been ruined by the culture war. It is a deep swamp. So deep, in fact, that submarines crush under aquatic pressure before it hits the murky fucking depths. Everything the government touches becomes poisoned. Every good deed or bill written in good faith becomes corrupted. Every agency bloated and obese on our money. Let's get back into this article. Cooster is urging the Senate to quickly pass the legislation, saying the pandemic showed just how underprepared the country's vaccine infrastructure is. She emphasizes that legislation would help better prepare healthcare system for future public health crises, she said in part. Subgraph. COVID-19 pulled back the curtain on our vaccine system and highlighted the urge 
the urgent need for upgrades. I'm proud the House passed my bipartisan immunization infrastructure bill, Modernization Act, to expand enrollment and training of vaccine providers to update public health information technology and efficiency, manage vaccine supply, and allow patients to provide and sorry, allow patients and providers to communicate securely in real time. End quote. Miller. Miller contended that the government has no reason to collect more vaccination data on Americans. Quote, As I've said many times before, the government is not your doctor. The federal government has no business inserting itself into private health care matters of Americans, no matter the reason for them to collect this data. It is an affront to our liberties and our health freedoms, she said, quote, this kind of legislation is always passed because the government has its hands in everything nowadays, often at the expense of the freedoms and privacies of Americans. This bill would allow the government to collect, study, and share your private health data. There are endless ways the government could potentially use this information against you, purposefully or accidentally. Whew. And that is the end of this quote. Or the end of this quote and this article. This article by Kathleen Hamilton from Breitbart. All the articles I read in today's podcast, as always, are in the description of this podcast below. You cannot rely on any political party to save you. And if you continue to rely on the broken two-party system, there may be no help for you. We need to focus on individualism, individual policies, hear what people really have to say. Something I don't like about political parties is people lie. People lie. People will run as Republican, but back in the day, people would run as a Republican and be like, yeah, 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 gay marriage, fuck gays, gays are evil. And then they would always get caught taking some dick in a fucking broom closet. Always. Every time. Constantly fucking happened. Alright. And then in the 90s, the Republicans were the ones saying, we need to uh, we need to ban these violent TV shows. These shows are ruining America. You know, we need to cancel this, cancel that. Now jump here. Alright, 2008, Obama actually expands the war on terror, making things worse and more dangerous for Americans and the people we were fighting both on a civilian level and more reckless when it came to putting Americans in the way of, of drone strikes that kill that were supposed to kill enemies but killed Americans. That worsened under Obama. Not to mention the slave trade returned internationally under Obama because Obama actually helped by collapsing the economy of two different countries. And then the Democrats became the ones that wanted to cancel everything. They became the ones who became super hypocritical. These parties don't stick to their virtues or their beliefs, and the pendulum will swing back and forth between which party is the good party and which party is the bad party at any given moment, which each time it goes back and forth, it gets more and more extreme, but more and more on the line every time. How long can we rely on the system until we push things to a level where there's no coming back from it? This country has been on the cusp of some sort of civil conflict for about 10 years now. 2023 will mark the year Gamergate started, and that's when the culture war really kicked off. Now, the culture war, in just shy of 10 years, has seeped into every bit of our culture, our politics, our media, and our lives. You can't trust the government to tell you how to take care of yourself. They pushed the food pyramid for 60 years. And we found out that the food pyramid was bullshit and the government knew for about 25 years and they just let us believe something. Just by the food pyramid being a generally very unhealthy food structure. And seeing as I said before, doing your own research is dangerous. So don't think for yourself. America is heading to a very dark place. And the best thing we can do is be informed, ready, and resourceful. 
With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and I wish you guys a great rest of your day. There will not be a 5 o'clock upload today, but thank you for hanging around, and I wish you all well. Peace. But before I leave, I want to leave you with a broadcast from just yesterday with a host, CNBC's Jim Cramer. And he went on there and he advocated for some absolutely totalitarian nonsense, like government-controlled bullshit. So I want to play the clip for you. Uh, This clip is from The Daily Caller. There will be a link to this video in the description as well. Hope you guys have a great day. Peace. With the new Omicron variant sweeping the globe, how do we finally put an end to this pandemic? How do we save lives and get business back to normal so everybody can put dinner on the table? Simple. The federal government needs to require vaccines, including booster shots, for everyone in America. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. So we've allowed a pastiche of uncoordinated health organizations to dictate an on-again, off-again series of measures that mostly just leave us baffled and confused. Nobody with any power is saying the frontline workers need to be vaccinated. It's just plain wrong. And most of us are sick of it, even as a vocal anti-vax minority is always grabbing the mic. Some of us are old enough to remember when we were told we had to get a needle stuck into our arms because of some disease that was so scary we didn't even, we were afraid to talk about it. The disease was called polio. Back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people. The common wheel was a, a common wheel. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue, the right to get sick and get other people sick. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. Until the federal government gets serious and starts requiring vaccinations nationwide, you better get used to more COVID variant freakouts like we had last Friday. And I got attacked last night pretty heavily because I said people should be vaccinated. Not unlike when I got the polio jab, okay? Which, by the way, I didn't want polio and I didn't want to give anybody polio. Whatever. We didn't even know what polio was, but we didn't want to get it. And I am getting crucified because I said I thought that what General Eisenhower did was right, which is make us vaccinated. How is this wrong, Dr. Topol? How was that wrong? All adults and and soon uh, older teens all should have a third shot. This is a three-shot vaccine. You know, we, we knew that from the beginning. What deal can we have, Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry, I, that, that was the president. I, I, I have such reverence for the office, I would never use that term. But it is but you hard, just did. isn't it? Oh, come <laughs> but on. But you just did. You know what I mean. You know, I know what I mean. The I reverence do. I have I for the office <clears throat> is so great that I think it's a travesty to ever call. You're, uh, you spent well, your you whole know what, life that, he calls other people crazy because he knows he is. He calls, uh, he's, he complains about this, that, and the other thing because he knows his own shortcomings. He's a master of projection. So anytime he says something, you say, uh-oh, that's what he's thinking of himself. No, just, just, just one more, just one more. Uh-huh. Is that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there, there's a face, there's a vice you can recognize, you see him on television. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet.